Hello everyone, and thank you for joining me on today's episode of Everything Star Wars. The war against the Empire officially ended at the Battle of Jakku, not the Battle of Endor a few months before, and the New Republic is the unopposed ruling government in the galaxy. But approximately 30 years later, the First Order arises, and the New Republic resistance is formed to stop them. So, how did the First Order come to be? Where did they come from? And why are they so similar to the Empire? Is that just poor designing on part of Disney? Or is there something more sinister behind it? Well, I have two words for you. Palpatine's Contingency. Let's begin. It all started before Jakku, Endor, or even Yavin, his contingency, I mean. Palpatine, being as foresightful as he was, knew the possibility of his death. So, he made certain of two things. One, that he would live after his death. Whoa, I'll explain in a moment. And two, so his empire would live after he killed it. That's right. He planned on killing his empire if he ever died. All right, so what do I mean by him living after his death? Okay, we see this in The Rise of Skywalker, that he comes back. But how does he come back? This seems kind of absurd. Is this actually Palpatine? Is this a clone? Well, here's how it works. In Legends, there was this force power that only Sith knew. Right, so Force Ghosts belongs to the light side, but then Essence Transfer belongs to the dark side. This was a Force power that enabled a Sith, who mastered it, to transfer his essence, that is, his mind, his being really, into the body of someone else. This could be a clone, this could be someone living, someone living's body, or just a, a body. It had to be alive, of course. So Palpatine in canon learned this. And I think this is the first time we see this in canon, which is really cool. And I'm glad they did this. This is a good way to bring in essence transfer, I think. So right as Palpatine was falling down the reactor shaft in the Death Star 2 during Return of the Jedi at the end, he transferred his essence, his mind, into the body of, well, himself, but just one that his Sith acolytes created on the planet Exegol. And that's where he stayed. Clearly, the body wasn't very well built, as he has to stay in that chair hooked up to all those wires and everything, even after only 30 years of being in it. So, I mean, I could do a whole episode on Essence Transfer and how Palpatine did it, but uh, I'm just going to take these few minutes to do that now. Uh, so, he did that, and... Uh, that's how he survived. And he planned this. He'd been working on it. It's interesting because his master, well, presumably Darth Plagueis, as he hints in uh, Revenge of the Sith, didn't want to learn essence transfer, but instead just wanted to control the Metachlorians to create life and sustain his life. So eternal life instead of eternal, you could say, different lives. So he did master essence transfer and would have lived forever if it hadn't been for his granddaughter killing him. But that's how he did it. He transferred his essence through the Force into another body. Now, the contingency. 
What was Palpatine's contingency plan? Well, one of Palpatine's philosophies was that if an empire lets its emperor die, then it deserves to die as well. He was a, a, a fan, you could say, of a game very similar to chess, you might say. Even more so than Dejeric, as we see Han Solo and Chewbacca playing in the Millennium Falcon. Uh, so it, was bas- it works the same way. So in chess, if your king is captured, the game is done, no matter how many pieces are left on the board. And that was Palpatine's philosophy, essentially. If the emperor is killed, then the game's over for the empire, no matter what. So, how he went about ensuring the destruction and recreation of the empire was twofold. First of all, the observatories. And second of all, Operation Cinder. Now, the observatories were built all over the galaxy, the most notable of which was on Jakku. And their purpose was to map out a path into and through the unknown regions, which was basically the farthest edge of the known galaxy. This was their first order, to recreate the Empire. Now, these star maps would be used by those that Palpatine deemed loyal to the Empire and worthy of helping it start anew. So, they were trying to recreate the Empire strong and enduring, and they succeeded to a degree, technically, where the Empire was built from an already existing galaxy-wide government. It only lasted 20 or so years. The First Order was established on nothing, essentially, in the middle of nowhere, and it lasted 30 years. So it's a longer period of time, and it was founded on less. So before I continue with that part, I'm going to talk about Operation Cinder. This happened on Palpatine's orders after Jakku, where remaining Imperials would go to different systems around the galaxy, which was now controlled by the New Republic, and destroy the planets there mostly through bombardments, but also through natural disasters, such as gas storms or tidal waves or whatever they could use. This, I believe, was Palpatine's way of eliminating any competition to his final order and giving them a fresh start on the entire galaxy, giving the first order or the final order no trouble when it came to conquering the universe. So, the Battle of Jakku was meant to be the destruction of both the remnants of the Empire and the New Republic. However, Jakku failed to explode as Palpatine planned, and the New Republic lived. The Empire was completely destroyed by the New Republic, as we see in The Force Awakens, in that graveyard, as it was called, on Jakku. We see the Super Star Destroyer there that Rey scavenges and flies the Millennium Falcon through. And that's the graveyard where the Battle of Jakku was fought under. So they, it was completely destroyed, except for a few key people who went on to start the Empire anew in their own image. So this was the first order to recreate the Empire, to start it anew. So these few survivors of the Empire met with the rest of the Empire, who had already been sent along this star map, this chart, to this rendezvous place, where one of the remaining super star destroyers called the Eclipse was stationed. 
and from there they went into the Unknown Regions to start the First Order. Ultimately, Snoke took over, of course, in Palpatine's stead, because Snoke was created by Palpatine. So Palpatine continued to rule, technically, before he was destroyed by Kylo Ren, Snoke, I mean. And that's where Kylo Ren took over the First Order, and he, he, was, he wasn't a good leader. He was just trying to destroy the Resistance. He didn't even know why. He wasn't actually continuing Palpatine's legacy like the First Order really was. Now, this was a good idea for the, um, for the Empire, of course, and for Palpatine. It was wise uh, from his perspective because it meant two things. It meant that there would be no, no opposing ruler in the galaxy. It would just be the First Order. And it also meant that this, this new generation, really, that we would see... Uh, would know nothing but the Empire. There would be, uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> don't want to use a Marvel analogy, but like Thanos wants to do an endgame just to destroy everything and restart so that there would be no opposition. You can't oppose something if you don't know any other way of doing it. So they uh, brought in a bunch of children into the Empire to raise them under the Empire so that they would be uh, fiercely loyal to the Empire. And they would know nothing else other than the Empire. I know I said Empire a lot, but that's, that's basically what it was, is Empire. All you know is the Empire, so you want to serve the Empire. And that was a good plan, and it would have worked. So, fun fact also, Palpatine worked very closely with Grand Admiral Thrawn in learning about the Unknown Regions and studying them and uh, just... Uh, uh, learning what he all he could, what what aliens lived out there, what kind of creatures, what dangers he faced, and Thrawn was a big help to him in that. So that's very cool. That could be a good way to introduce Thrawn into the into the new canon, which is, which could be very cool. I'm excited for that. And uh, then of course, so it's called the Skywalker Saga. We know the the nine movies in the three trilogies. But I really think it should be called the Palpatine Saga, as Palpatine, not because Rey's a Palpatine, but because Palpatine did control galactic events for nearly a century, if he was in control, which I think he was before Episode One. I don't think he became Supreme Chancellor by chance. I think he really was in control for years before then, and even indefinitely years after the Empire. So, I think this was all very cool. Of course, uh, of course, Palpatine ultimately failed because his granddaughter, Rey, kills him and then changes her name to Skywalker just so that the Skywalker saga can be called that. But it was, all, it was all a very good plan, I think, by Palpatine. Of course, it was also very cruel, so that's not admirable, but you gotta give Palpatine his credit. What do y'all think? Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to hear more about this or more about Operation Cinder, let me know. Give me any episode suggestions you want in my email, which is, of course, in the podcast description and in this episode description. So, until next time, may the Force be with you.